Aloha, everyone, and welcome to Just a Physician, the podcast where we explore mental health, vulnerability, and personal life journeys with creators you know and love. So make sure you subscribe to the YouTube channel if you haven't already, and listen to new episodes out every Thursday. We have a very special in-person guest. Ooh, we finally have a Everyone, please welcome Sage. I'm so stoked to have you on. I'm so excited to be here. <laughs> I have to introduce how we met in the first place, because it's such a random, funny story. Okay, I was filming to get ready with me, and I I was like, is he going to get mad if I if I explain what happened? <laughs> no, please, please, air it all out. <laughs> it's so funny. So, okay, correct me if I'm wrong, but I remember meeting you for the first time surfing. Yes. 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 And was it twice? I think it was twice. Yeah. I also didn't, like, act like I knew who you were. I don't think we actually <laughs> exchanged names. Yes. Because I knew who you were, and I, and I, but I was like, I'm, I feel like I don't want to make people feel weird. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, I'm not going to be like, oh, my God. So I was just like, oh, like, that's <laughs> And so you were too far forward on your board, mm-hmm. and you kept nose diving. Mm-hmm. And so I went over to you, and I was like, you should just scoot back a little bit. <laughs> Basically, she was like, you really suck. You need some lessons on how to surf. (laughs) But literally, we were surfing out in, like, Waikiki, and, like, it was a while ago, so I think I had just gotten into surfing. When I say I surf, it's, like, (laughs) very loose definition of it. Like, I had just gotten into it, um, you know, getting pounded by waves, as I do, and (laughs) (laughs) you were kind enough to come up to me. (laughs) <laughs> and then we like got to chatting the second time mm-hmm. around, I think, was which is when like we got to talk a little bit more. Yeah. And then I followed you on TikTok. But this is like months later. Yeah. Months later. later. Like we like I never saw him again. I don't think I still don't think we exchanged names. Mm-hmm. I don't I don't think there was like an intro. Then you saw one of my TikToks, you followed mm-hmm. me. Cause I I don't know, something went super viral. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And, and I was just like, oh, my gosh, like someone who's like in Hawaii making content about like, um, <clears throat> you know, sustainability and conservation. This is so cool. Did not even put two and two together. That is so like, funny. <laughs> until you messaged me and I'm like, oh, shit. Yeah. yeah like, we hey, have met. <laughs> so funny. So random that that's of all the places yeah. we would meet. But please, for anyone who doesn't know you, please introduce yourself and like what you do. My name is Sage Lanier. I'm a climate activist, and I'm the founder of Sustainable and Just Future, which is a Gen Z, we're like 80%, no, maybe higher, but maybe like 90% Gen Z, almost all Gen Z, uh, organization working on climate education. Basically, you know, we as young people are not getting a good, not getting the climate education that we need to be prepared for a climate change future. Climate education is like non-existent or it's just so bad. Mm -hmm. So we're very solutions oriented, we're very action focused, and we're trying to push people into um, activism, into being prepared for um, the future and like ready to apply it to your career, whatever your career is, data, fashion, whatever, you can do it from a climate lens. So cool. And if you're watching on YouTube, we'll have everything like listed down below so you guys can check out everything um, as well as your social handles. But also you live in Hawaii, which is like amazing. And I'm so glad we're able to have like an in-person conversation about this because most of the people on the podcast are like so far away and, you know, just not many content creators live in Hawaii, but ladies and gentlemen, here we have one. So I'm so excited to chat with you and I really want to get into some like 
bigger questions and talking about like the work that you do and kind of the perspectives that you have and like spilling a little bit of tea and getting a little controversial about what we think and particularly what you think about the current conversation around climate. But before we get into the serious shit, I want to ask some rapid fire questions okay. just to get to know you a little better. Let's do it. First off, what is your go-to coffee order? Changes all the time. Right now I'm really <laughs> into like a coffee that's like this big, espresso Ooh. shot, a little bit of milk, a little bit of brown sugar. But Love it used it. to be a couple weeks ago I was on an ice Amer- Americano <gasps> kick. Yes. Changes all favorite. the time. That's my favorite. Okay. The, a variety. I like a variety. I'm like ice Americano. I get bored easily. Go-to. That's like my favorite thing ever. But Cream? I like the espresso game. Huh? Cream or black? Black. I like a hardcore bitter. I want the taste to just like basically be like a defibrillator where I'm just like, oh my God, <laughs> that kick is no. strong. That's Mm-mm. like my favorite. Yeah. I like coffee, but not coffee that he's like, coffee, sorry. sorry. <laughs> yeah, sorry. I'm, I'm basically that old person who mm. just likes their coffee black. What can I say? But okay. Mm. I like the variety. What would you say is your like newest hobby? Like the a recent passion or hobby that you've picked up that you're Content really creation. <laughs> yes! <laughs> I was not, I was just telling uh, you earlier, but like I was not in, I was doing consecration in 2020. I was going viral left and right on Instagram, on TikTok. I was getting all this hate, like, mm-hmm. you know, like I made it onto like misogynist <gasps> oh my side God, of TikTok I'm so sorry. and I just got like, oh my. And it was just a really overwhelming, and I was like, I don't think I'm ready for this. Mm-hmm. But now that I'm getting into it again, I literally am like laying up, like like trying to go to bed, and I'm laying up at night, like that would make a good TikTok. Yes. <laughs> so yeah, I've been having fun. Um, I just yeah, I think we need more climate people sharing the behind the scenes of their lives. Yes. Yes, stuff. we do. And I think we also need more content creators in Hawaii, especially ones that are focused around like the topics that you're focused on. I mean, I'm curious, back when you created content a few years ago, was it similarly about like sustainability, um, uh, conservation overall, protecting the planet, or was it like completely different? Or were you like a fast fashion girly? Oh, no, 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 no. I've (laughs) always been, actually like I have been very one-track minded in my life. Like I've been obsessed with like uh, politics, social justice, Mm -hmm. environment, since I was like maybe 10, 11. I was, I've always been this way. So yeah, like I would make just like funny, like this was when TikTok was new. So like the ratio Mm -hmm. of people who are watching versus making was very, what is it? Low, right, Mm -hmm. low. And so you could post anything and it would just go viral. Mm -hmm. If I got a video with like less than like 20,000 likes, I'd delete it. It would be like, I'd be like, oh, that's cringy. Okay. So I would like (laughs) make some dumb little thing to a trending audio about like Bernie Sanders or like just Mm -hmm. random stuff. Like Mm -hmm. I'd be like, you know, when men do this and Mm -hmm. it, it, it would just go like stupid viral. And then same thing was happening on Instagram. Obviously, Instagram has destroyed their algorithm and nobody can grow on there anymore. It's so weird. (laughs) But I would just make little funny things or like Twitter threads or whatever. Mm -hmm. And yeah, it was all very focused on environmental education. Like I'm always trying to like it's I try to I try to go higher level than just like what is compost? I'm trying Mm -hmm. to do like, you know, why our society needs to be reshaped to have composting infrastructure Mm -hmm. like how our cities need to be investing to make this enabled and how it's a it's a you know double climate solution like bigger than like cute little zero waste swaps more like you know um 
community change for system change, mm -hmm. that sort of thing. Which I love it. I feel like we need way more conversations focused on that end of it because I think so much of the sustainability space has been dominated by the very aesthetic, <laughs> like trash the in the zero jar, wasters. zero waste, which I is get a whole other zero wasters. <laughs> we are not friends. We oh, do not boy. get along. <laughs> I want to ask you more about that later okay. too because I'm genuinely interested. I'm curious, last rapid fire question, what is your zodiac sign? Libra, but oh, no one ever gets it right. Okay. okay, I don't think that I have anything. I mean, I don't know anything about astrology, but mm -hmm. literally every time someone guesses, asks, whatever, like people will be like, "Oh, you're definitely like a Taurus or an Aries or Capricorn." <gasps> okay, like that's what I get. The comments I get on on TikTok. No so one I was ever gonna ask. Like, I'm still Libra. learning, but you definitely give off Taurus vibes, which is my my sign too. But mm -hmm. hey, I like. There's so many Libras in my life. I love Libras. There, so yeah, <laughs> yeah. Okay, I don't know. Cool. I guess I don't. I don't give off Libra vibes. Uh, but I don't know anything about astrology. Yeah, I'm very. I don't know very much either. I've been Basically, really what into TikTok teaches cards me lately, though. Oh, on, really? On TikTok. They, like they, bro. They come on my free page and they're shuffling, and I'm like, give it to me. The ones What's that are going like, on in my life? A Tell certain me. person is thinking about you, and they want to. They're come like, back you're into about your to life. step into a new yes. chapter. <laughs> Money's coming your way, yes. and I'm like, yes, girl, yes, <laughs> like, it is. Repost, repost. <laughs> I love it. Well, okay, super cool. I kind of touching on what you were like uh, talking about a little bit about before. How you've always been a one track minded. You've always been like passionate about this kind of stuff. What inspired your passion for you know politics and for um, wanting to protect the planet? Um, where, where did that like originate? Gosh, that's so hard. Um, I feel like I was at first and foremost like a very angry little girl, like realizing that women were in just I don't know coming into this world and realizing that women are um, so desecrated, but like. I felt like every what I was growing into was so holy and so like you know just just insane like when they start telling you about menstruation and mm -hmm. they start telling you about pregnancy and stuff because they kind of keep it from younger girls in our mm -hmm. society which they shouldn't yeah but they start telling you that and you're just like this is like groundbreaking mm -hmm. but then the way that women are so minimized and put aside and and just taken advantage of in our society I think that was like my just like village villain origin story <laughs> i was i was just yes. such an angry little feminist mm -hmm. like at 11 years old i was like seething frothing like blood mm -hmm. pumping through my veins at all times like mm -hmm. always angry and um then mike brown was murdered when i was 14. Mm -hmm. and i remember distinctly uh what my parents were seeing on tv on cnn versus mm -hmm. what i was seeing on tumblr which mm -hmm. was like the social media platform yep. of the day yep and I was, you know, I was scrolling and it was like live on the ground updates from people who were there and the coverage was so different. Mm -hmm. And, um, you know, I'm, I'm biracial and that also was just like an, an opening moment for me to realize yeah. that like, I don't know, that was, that was also a thing that I feel like wasn't super prominent in my like childhood childhood oh, and gotcha. just like it would hit me like a truck. And then I came to the environment um, around 16, 17, kind of realizing that like, there's no human rights on a dead planet, like really yep. like one movement to encapsulate them all and realizing how interrelated these things are. It's like people, 
you know, people, you, you can force people to work in sweatshops be, because you destroyed their river. Mm-hmm. So now they're reliant on bottled water and the food you're trucking in because they can't grow food. Yep. And that's how you exploit people and the earth, you know what I mean? Like this sort of thing. Yep. And it's like the, and that's the origins. That's how you get fast fashion is mm-hmm. by exploiting people and by desecrating their environment. So it's all related. Mm-hmm. I love that you touch on that because I can agree more like, when I was younger, I had different like social issues that I was very passionate about. And I relate to you a lot on like the, the angry side of it. Cause I remember being in high school and just being like, why are people just not fuming? Why is no one doing nothing about these social issues? How dare they? Like I was so angry at the world for like not doing more. Um, and I had different social issues I was passionate about, but then I came to the realization that like everything is connected Mm. to the climate Mm. and even if it isn't now it will be Mm -hmm. when you know um climate change you know starts affecting more and more people um on a granular basis around the world as we see kind of like the installments of every negative impact that the climate will have for us everything will be connected every single social issue will be affected by the climate which is where i really realized like oh my gosh, this really is the most pressing, urgent, and important issue of our time because it is so connected to everything else. So from when you were like 16 and then on, that's when you just kind of decided, like, did you just decide, like, this is what I want to do with my life? This is what I want to focus on? Or was it, like, confusing for you? What no. kind of was I've, the Yeah, path? I've always been obsessive. Like, I think, I think my friends, even, like, in high school, like, I think the general idea of me as a young girl and like fuck these people for this but whatever <laughs> it was like it was like oh you know sage she's so fun she you know like fun to go to parties you like talking about boys but she mm-hmm. never puts down those damn politics like mm. people we would be getting ready and my friends would be like can we leave the political stuff at home <laughs> and i was like, eh, like, like if, no. if a white boy tries me i'm gonna try him back like <laughs> i don't know what to tell you so like yeah. uh, like i was always like i guess just like the annoying one and just being conventionally attractive continued to get me through the door. And, like, people were like, mm-hmm. all right, like, we're still going to, you know what I mean? She's mm-hmm. still in mm-hmm. But then I went off to college, and I went to Berkeley, which is, like, the most liberal oh, wow. place okay. ever. And I was like, oh, my people, my people. Yep. <laughs> like, <laughs> like all of a sudden, I'm not the annoying one. We're all about this. And mm-hmm. so, you know, me and my friends were, like, grabbing burritos and taking the bus down to city council to, like, yell at our um, – city council members that's so and like badass. Get them, you know what I mean it's like it's like such a vibe I love it it's yeah. so inspiring once you finally are able to be connected like with other people who share who your passion understand that and share it and just you know like get it yeah. you know um okay that must have been like super transformative for you and it's cool to see how it's like translated into your content because that's really what drew obviously I was trying to your content because I was like oh my god Hawaii you know but additionally I was just like this is so great that someone is calling out kind of the pitfalls of the conservation community, the pitfalls of corporate sustainability of all Mm. these things in the way that you do, because it takes a much higher level perspective. I think than what a lot of people think of when it comes to sustainability, which is like, you know, throw one thing less away today, you know, um, (laughs) use, uh, I don't know, like glass instead of plastic today, you know, it, it's a much bigger perspective, which is what I think people really need to see. And like you were saying, the education just really is not there right. for. We cannot solve problems where we don't understand. Mm-hmm. And I think 
what I'm all about is how do we like bully, berate, and I don't, I can't think of another B, but like you know, protest, whatever. Mm-hmm. The systems, the corporations, the governments, whatever it is, into making sustainable and ethical options the most default, accessible, easy thing. I shouldn't. Mm-hmm. Whether it's like something, honestly, look. I know plastic is a problem, and I, I'm not gonna say it's not. Mm-hmm. I would say though, it's very low on my list. Mm-hmm. It's just mm-hmm. not like it has it has such high visibility, and honestly, I think that's because it doesn't challenge any actual systems of power. Mm, yes. yes, the same way that electric cars are taking over. Mm-hmm. It's like because it's a car. Mm-hmm. It's not transformative. It's we all want like Gen Z like doesn't have licenses. We want walkable communities. Like mm-hmm. that's our number one priority. When we're looking for somewhere to live. And they're like, no, 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 just get an EV. EV. Like, mm-hmm. you know what I mean? Like, we want a, a whole societal transformation, not electric cars, mm-hmm. not plastic-free. Um, we want a more ethical, sustainable society. And so I'm looking at what are the ways that we can, like, patchwork together system change by working on the city level, the county level, what you can do in your school, what, you know, if you're a business owner, whether that's, you know, swimwear or whatever what you can do to help patchwork that together because i think a lot of people are also sitting around waiting on like sweeping national legislature they're like Mm -hmm. biden should really do something about this yep and i'm like i agree but he's not going to (laughs) i'm not waiting yes i am not waiting (laughs) well i think that's a big problem within the sustainability space in the corporate space like you know, to name one of the many problems, um, is the handoff of responsibility Mm -hmm. when it comes to actual action around, um, you know, sustainability. Um, And it goes all the way from a top level perspective for legislation, politicians, um, you know, corporate CEOs, all the way down to like an individual um, perspective too. I, I've seen the conversation happening in so many different ways. If it's the CEO that's like, well, you know, we want to be more sustainable, but like the manufacturing selections and like the availability that we have for like certain resources and the cost because people just don't want to purchase more expensive, you know, whatever, all the way down to the individual that's like, mm, our politicians should really do something, but when it comes to actual like change that I want to implement, like, you know, I don't really want to do anything. And that's not to put the blame, you know, to say, because I think in the yeah. sustainability space, there's a lot of finger pointing, mm. um, which I don't think is productive. And I'm curious to hear your thoughts on that. Mm. But I think there is a lot of like shifting responsibility to someone else. Yes. OK. OK. I want to talk about this. The <laughs> conversation between like, I think there's there's just like this never-ending argument we're having where some people are like individual action doesn't make a difference Mm -hmm. we need system change there's no ethical consumption under capitalism yes i think that's fully bullshit Mm -hmm. um and I, i know that's hard for some people to swallow but i don't think people quite understand especially if you're an american you're an american australian european whatever you live in these privileged countries people don't understand the impact that our actions do have because mm-hmm. the average american is using five times more resources than is sustainable mm-hmm. a lot of that is embedded into our society like cars i cannot choose to not have a car in honolulu mm-hmm. we have to like we don't have good public transit yep unless you want to like live in like in the down city. like downtown yeah. um but and that's like a whole other thing. It's like, do you improve public transit because then it makes it more accessible to tourism and mm-hmm. we already have an over-tourism problem. So it, yep. it's messy. It's messy. But a lot of that consumption is not embedded into the, you know, 
fabrics of art. A lot of it is fast fashion, technology, buying brand new cars, buying, you know, building brand new houses. And those are choices that we either like are financially incentivizing by buying that brand new house Mm -hmm. um, or we are like literally creating the man for by buying from Shein. Mm -hmm. And I don't think like I I really hate this whole individual actions don't make a difference thing because it's like there's eight billion of us Mm -hmm. and about two or three billion of those people are like wealthier, better off, can afford fast fashion, like cute outfits for the weekend kind Mm -hmm. of thing. Not You know what I mean? Like, let me not oversimplify, but (laughs) I just think people don't realize how much their demand drives consumption. And I use the example of uh, plant milk. Mm, to mm-hmm. describe this. Yeah, yeah. So plant milk is now making up 15% of the total market. Gen wow. Z is buying 20% less uh, plant dairy milk than mm. uh, any generation before. Mm-hmm. And so the dairy industry is like flipping their shit. They're yep. like, oh my God, we've lost an entire generation of milk. I was, just, I was just writing a post <laughs> about this day. I thought it was so funny. And that's like literally consumer demand pushing a market. Yep. And now like the dairy industry is on the way out. Mm-hmm. Like they, they are doomed low key. Yep. In a lot of ways. So it's like our like, your your actions don't happen in a vacuum. What you do as an individual is part of a collective. Exactly. So like, like that's like a colonial mindset too, to be like, mm-hmm. oh, like mm-hmm. individual action uh mm-hmm. I care about my community. Okay. Yep. Let's let's decolonize that. Yep. Exactly. It's I could not agree more because I've heard so many people say that or express that sentiment of like, uh, what? It, like I'm just an individual. Like, the corporations have all the power. The government has all the power. I'm not able to do anything. But my biggest belief is like you vote with your dollar. And in a system like the USA, everything is tethered to capitalism so severely that like the market has so much more power than people realize. Mm. And like what you were saying with plant milk, with supporting businesses, you know, um, that do have more sustainable, um, you know, ethics within their business practices that do offer more sustainable solutions. That is such like a, easy change that can be made that is so influential mm. and even with what you're saying like there's no ethical consumption of under capitalism yeah. I so I always get frustrated when I hear <laughs> that because it dismisses any chance of thinking about how we as a collective can make positive influential mm-hmm. change mm-hmm. I think a lot of times when people suggest that not that I'm necessarily like <laughs> fully disagreeing with like what's really driving that thought because capitalism is just it is such a mess and there's so much corruption and there's so right. many earth damaging aspects of you know like um the system that the usa right. has for example but i've seen that statement be used to kind of offset any responsibility mm-hmm. as kind of like a hopelessness message where mm-hmm. it's like well pfft, can't do anything anyway so I'm not even gonna bother trying which is actually one thing I wanted to ask you about with kind of the conversations and like the news coverage that you see within the sustainability space I can't help but feel that what I largely see is so negative Mm -hmm. when it comes to any conversations around the environment and maybe I am putting like a tinfoil hat on Mm -hmm. (laughs) I sense you're agreeing (laughs) I can't help but put a tinfoil hat on that corporations love that they love that people feel hopeless they love that we feel helpless and basically think like well we're screwed we can't do anything what are we going to be able to do i don't know what do you think okay (laughs) on the last question though last thing i want to say is Mm -hmm. because i don't want anyone to get mad at me 
and be like, oh, she thinks inv-. no, no, it is so nuanced. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. I think like when we when we are ta- balancing individual and system responsibility, it's like porque no los dos. Mm-hmm. We can all we can mm-hmm. hold ourselves and each other accountable while we also try to hold corporations like, and yes. governments accountable. So snaps, snaps. Um, I could I could talk about it for ten hours. <laughs> um, so yeah, climate conversation is very negatively focused, and um, I think you know like. There's a lot of reason to be negative, don't get me wrong, mm-hmm. but I think at this point it's um, not really serving anyone, you know, climate anxiety on mm-hmm. the rise. Like, There's these studies coming out saying that like um, most people are, are not, I don't know if it's most, a lot of people at this point are literally like avoiding news about the environment, mm. which obviously isn't getting us anywhere. Yes. Um, so it's making it worse. We're in a very bad situation, don't get me wrong, but all we can do is like we like the cards have been dealt all we can do is try our best like Mm -hmm. there has to be a path forward that looks climate resilient there has to be a future in which we're capable of feeding and housing all of our people our whole population through climate catastrophe Mm -hmm. like you know where they're saying in some instances they're saying there's going to be a billion refugees by 2050 Mm -hmm. where do we put the okay let's get planning where are Mm -hmm. we putting them what areas are at risk? Like Bangladesh, Pakistan, those are probably going underwater. Mm-hmm. Waikiki, gone. Yep, yep. So what do we, I mean, like Waikiki is, you know, now it's mostly tourists, so. Yeah, not a big loss. Right. Like. <laughs> Obviously, yeah. like ancestrally, that's, you know, a, a different story. But in yeah. the real world impact right now, that's not going to impact that many, mm-hmm. like, native people or, yeah. or locals even. But. Um, it's not just Waikiki, like you know, all of the shorelines of all the Hawaiian Islands, yeah. all you know, all even of the Tuvalu the right world. now is like yeah. currently going underwater because yeah. of climate change. Yeah. Yeah. Tahiti's flooding right now, mm-hmm. um, and so what resilient systems, flexible systems, are we going to put in place? Because uh, it's like as we move towards more localized food systems, which is better, then you have to plan for. Okay, let's take Hawaii as an example. Hawaii only grows 10% of its own food. Mm-hmm. That's obviously a horrible thing. Mm-hmm. Um, they, you know, <clears throat> pre-contact, it looks like Hawaiians are feeding a million people. Mm-hmm. There are a million Hawaiians. They're feeding them completely with this with this land. So you want more, you know, you, we want to see more localized indigenous regenerative food systems. What happens if they get taken out by a hurricane? Mm-hmm. Then you need a resilience plan in place. The food comes from California. The food comes from Japan. You, we need. There are ways, like, to keep. You know, society will still exist in a mm-hmm. hundred years, and I think people have this idea like, doom, gone, extinction, yep. and that's not going to happen. That's yep. just not going to happen. And so, as as climate scientists, activists, whatever, or even regular people in our in our in everybody's business, everybody's jobs, careers, you can always do it from a climate lens. I'm always saying that, an ecological lens, not just climate. Mm-hmm. But yeah, we have to start planning for resilience because at the end of the day. There are going to be billions of people on this planet. There's going to be children. Yep. And we have to do what we can to make sure that they're happy and healthy and fed and housed and educated. Like, it's... Exactly. It only gets worse the less we pay attention to it. The mm-hmm. more we pay attention and the more we plan, the better off they will be. Mm-hmm. And we owe it to them to be good ancestors. Mm-hmm. I completely agree because um, I think viewing this whole issue through the scope of, like, we're doomed there's nothing we can do, the world's going to shit, why even bother, is so dismissive of the reality that like a lot of people will face, are currently facing or will face the more that climate change starts to impact <clears throat> each of our lives. And it's, I get so frustrated when I see 
so much of the doomsday talk around it. Not that I think it should be like rainbows and butterflies and right. like, you know, I, I think there needs to be a balance, but I, I've always believed in the power of like positive reinforcement when it comes to like actionable items around yeah. like climate action while still maintaining accountability for the, the people and the institutions and the governments that are not doing anything about trying to protect the climate, you know? And so when I see just like the constant inundation of just the negative news coverage, and also what we're seeing, you know, particularly with Gen Z, the, the depression and the anxiety that surrounds anything that has to do with the climate, it's not only ensuring that we don't, like you said, have plans in place for the future to actually protect people and get people the resources that they need, but I think it's, just making it easier for corporations and governments to like not do anything about it. You yes. Know? Yeah. And in the in the program I was teaching at Berkeley that like I started that, it really blew up. Um, yeah, for context, I was like teaching as an undergrad. Oh at wow, that's so cool. It's a program that Berkeley offers. Um, so like this is a thing that a lot of people do. Like mm. it's called DECAL, mm-hmm. Democratic Education at Cal. But mine ended up being the largest student-led program ever. And wow, it's still huge. That's like awesome. They have like 150 students this semester. Okay, the biggest nice. semester we did was 300, and that was way too overwhelming. But <laughs> we got the record, so like, boom, nice. she go. I don't think anybody is going to top that for a while. But, <laughs> um, but yeah, so this program got so popular because it's, it's called Solutions for a Sustainable and Just Future. Mm. Ah, mm-hmm. you know, <laughs> people are like, oh, okay, interesting. Yeah, solutions. And I just, I started it because I was so fed up with the education. I was getting super doomsday, super <laughs> like, there's nothing you can do, it's too late. Yep. And I was like, bullshit, mm-hmm. bullshit. You are not gonna tell me that. So I started <laughs> uh, learning about solutions, researching them, and from all these different topics, food systems, urban planning, you know, um, transportation systems, decarbonization. Like, what is climate, act- climate action now? What does that mean? Mm-hmm. What does that mean? Because you know what? It's actually so much bigger than solar panels and wind turbines. Yes. They're yes. saying that um, we can only meet 55% of our energy ne- demand with renewables while staying under climate goals mm. one, between 1.5 and 2.0 Interesting. Celsius. I did not know that. Wow. The rest of it. I mean, and also like only, uh, not only, but like it's like 70 something, 75% of all emissions are fossil fuels. But that leaves us with another 25%, mm-hmm. which is largely deforestation and meat production. Yes. Animal yep. agriculture. Yep. So, yeah, like it's like, you know, we have to we have to restore ecosystems. We have to start composting because landfills are the third largest source source of methane. Mm-hmm. We uh, you know, there's all of these biological and technological uh, potential for sequestration. And let's like talk about what that looks like. So we're it, like I like to think of it as like bringing the monster out of the dark. You mm-hmm. really explain we break down by economic sector here's what is causing climate change mm-hmm. so it's like and also before we even talk about renewable energy how will we talk about reduction yes thank you for bringing that up because <laughs> that's the thing that fashion, everyone looks less over new, like less new cars and the less new things like we need to produce less because industry is 24 percent of global greenhouse gas emissions mm. um 14 is transportation that's lar- by and large our supply chain it's mm. not just ourselves it's our packages mm-hmm. and you know shipping all the things that we you know it's like this got this part comes from China and this part comes mm-hmm. from mm-hmm. Uganda and they all get assembled in Bangladesh. Like it's you know it's a yep. nasty system. So 
when we are talking about if we can actually transition to a low carbon, low mm-hmm. resource society that is based on services rather than goods. So it's we're not we're not going shopping. That's not the basis of our society. That's not a hobby. Mm-hmm. We're focused on the things you can do. Mm-hmm. Dancing, sports, um, wellness, you know, education, like different, like cooking. So many, there's so many other more interesting things that we mm-hmm. could revolve our lives around mm-hmm. than shopping. Mm-hmm. And like, yeah, so, and, and, that, and by and large, like that's a lot of what we, of a lot of what we covered. It's called the circular economy. Mm-hmm. And people go into this program and they are like, you know, you know, doomsday mentality, whatever. And I've had so many people come out and say, I am not the person I am. Mm. when I started this program. That's awesome. Because I've completely changed my mental framework. Mm-hmm. And that was like, that's what I was trying to do. That is so cool. I love that. It's it's changing it from, yeah, that like hopelessness perspective to like, and that's where I think it's so powerful around like what you're trying to do around educating around each of those elements. Because I will say like from my side, you know, I've definitely been passionate about like climate change and stuff like that for a while and solutions for the environment and getting into this business, you know, like cosmetics, huge waste industry, all of that. So much of the focus is on like the plastic conversation, you know, around like the waste and recycling and things like that. I feel very fortunate to be able to, in the process of creating my own brand, have kind of a behind the scenes look at like what some of the biggest issues are. And in creating Selfless, um, because getting into it, I was just like, oh my God, I don't know what the hell I can do to actually like make an impact because this is such like a huge problem, you know? But even in looking for selfless, like what's the biggest social impact that we can make from the sale of these products? Channeling it down, bringing it down to like, okay, what will make that biggest impact? Um, for what I was able to find, it's a around like, you know, um, preventing deforestation in the first place in order to protect, you know, the resources. Exactly. The biodiversity, obviously the indigenous groups that rely on those areas, of course, the animals, all that kind of stuff. But most importantly, the, in what I've been able to see, the biggest thing affecting climate change, which is, you know, just carbon and how that's, you know, really impacting it. And by protecting these forested regions, are able to help reduce the problem of carbon. And going into it, I was just like, oh, I don't really know what we can do. And not like this has been a collective effort and it's because of the people who have like purchased the products, but we've been able to uh, protect over 300,000 acres of rainforest from deforestation in Bolivia, which is, you know, largely rainforest and everything. And it's like the how like the impact that one person can have even if it's just for one tiny little aspect of the huge climate change problem you don't have to understand all of it you don't need to understand all the complexities but just by being able to focus on like one aspect of it an individual can make such a huge difference which Mm -hmm. is why I'm so against like like with what you're doing the way that you were teaching everyone obviously the way that you're creating content now um through what I'm trying to do with selfless it's like that's why I'm so against like that individual action doesn't make a difference. Blah, 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 blah. Yeah. Go to hell. Y'all are boring. <laughs> exactly. I'm like, it's it's so against the truth and look at, you know, the impact that a single individual can have. So right. I love that you've been able to help like change the minds of people like at even like a place like Berth- Berkeley. I'm really curious, like what in the content that you're creating around all of these issues what do you really hope like people walk away from when they watch your videos and what do you really want to like focus on educating through content creation and Mm. as a content creator like what impact do you want to have 
Well, like I said, she's new to content creation. <laughs> she's still trying to learn out how this works. Um, for real, like even just like you said, you, you think you have this funny idea. You set up the camera and you're like staring at yourself. And you're like, God, I'm not doing this. <laughs> it's so awkward at the beginning. It's so awkward. It's so hard. Um, I really want to push people. Like I think I want to make activism or or like giving a shit the hot girl thing to do yes. and i feel like a lot of people try to just say that and be like oh my god hot girls vote but you can't just say that you have to be that like you have to yes. like be about it mm -hmm. i was actually thinking about like how like the post office got yassified during covid <laughs> yes i forgot and, like, about pa that planned parenthood yeah um what else uh unions right now mm -hmm. they're having a scalding hot moment oh my god everybody's like let me shake my ass for unions and i love it and like that's exactly the energy that we like we you can have values and have and be fun mm -hmm. and i think a lot of people you know they go to the fast fashion the makeup the video game side of the internet because they want to turn off their brains they don't want to think about something stressful mm -hmm. i don't think that giving a shit needs to be stressful i love mm -hmm. life i love my community I love my descendants and I just want like I am like you know trying to you know I'm giving birth to all these ideas I'm trying to make the world a better place I'm trying to help you get to where you want to go and I want to share that energy with people where it's just like no like this is this is actually what the baddies are on right now mm -hmm. um you lame if you're not up <laughs> and back to the plant milk it. example because I was literally just writing something about it like I would like it was like something like 49% of so half of Gen Z uh, is embarrassed is ashamed to order dairy milk in public. Really? Weaponizing the power of cringe. Yes. For climate it's action. It's so powerful. Period. Honestly, like the <laughs> the amount of things that I have seen cringe be able to help with from like a mental health perspective, from a social issue perspective, and like sustainability perspective, like let's make being unsustainable like the most cringe thing that and you, you can do. Right. And you, <laughs> but like what I'm what I think I need to learn with contagration is you can't just say it. Mm -hmm. You have to like really make people believe it mm -hmm. you know what i mean like what if we could actually make like fast fashion like fucking cringe like yeah. people are going to be in your comments like are you fucking kidding me <laughs> wow wow yeah <laughs> like, like like you like you're gonna get bullied <laughs> yeah you know what i mean and yeah. um not that i support bullying but like if it's, it's for the planet then then it's for the planet no maybe sometimes maybe. you have to sometimes you have to do what you gotta do <laughs> <laughs> yes i love that perspective though because that's such a like looking at the root issue and the, the the cause and what's like really driving the unhealthy and really negative um behaviors for the planet because like i know you talked a little bit about how you like don't love zero waste and i think one of the things i've had an issue with with a lot of like you know uh content online that focuses on sustainability is that it's so surface level where i'm mm. like okay i'm not gonna like obviously it's not a bad thing that you're like throwing away one less item that you are using, purchasing something that's blocks. recyclable versus not but i'm like this is not creating lasting systemic no change or it's not even like supporting the conversation around like having like more systemic change what you're talking about i think is so great because i'm like yeah that has the power to just make such a massive level of change from a more systemic root issue perspective than focusing on like the surface level shit, you know? I don't know. I think it's I think it's great. We need to yassify. 
<laughs> sustainability Why that's <laughs> that's so awesome and i'm excited to see messy. like make it hot shake your ass like yeah. you know go do some ecosystem restoration do a little tiktok dance while you're there like post about it you know what i mean like be up in there you gotta get you know, you're cool <laughs> i love it i mean that's actually another thing i was going to ask like what ways do you think because i think a lot of people online you know look at people like you, for example, who are creating content about this, who are talking about these kind of things, who are passionate about like sustainability or whatever social issue. And they're like, good for you. Keep doing that. We need more people like you. And then don't really do anything about it. Right. What do you think like viewers, us as individuals can do within our power to like contribute to the larger conversation around this? That's a huge question. Mm -hmm. Like there's so many different things. So anything will work but I know f even as a viewer when I like listen to this type of content I'm like what's something I could do like right now like, right. what's a, what's a right, change right. I can make right now okay I am so about community power like mm. ask yourself what your community needs mm -hmm. you know what I mean like I, I'm like going back to the idea of like patchworking together systemic change. I think about how like the Bay Area is a really good example of how they've been working together to obviously you kind of like all these cities and counties have worked together because they have to to make like public transit infrastructure. Mm -hmm. But that doesn't just happen. It's like all of these people, you know, we're going to city council meetings, showing up, mm -hmm. zooming in, bullying on their elected officials on Twitter, whatever mm -hmm. you need to do. And it comes together so that you get the funding and then like the plan, whether it's like you're a high school student and you're like, okay, what can I do? It's like, okay, does your school have a garden? Mm -hmm. What kind of food are you serving in the cafeterias? Because that's also like an issues, issue of access and equity. Um, you know, the, the school food system in the United mm -hmm. States is very corrupt. They're serving very unhealthy foods, especially mm -hmm. in black and brown communities. Yep. And there's all, these, there's all these programs popping up left and right to get, yeah, f like farm programs, garden programs started on high school campuses so that kids can have fresh, nutritious food. It's an after-school activity, so like, you know, that's like free childcare for the parent. Mm -hmm. um, so it's making it easier on the parents who are who could be, you know, working late hours, etc. Yeah. There's and and obviously that is not a systemic solution that doesn't mm -hmm. solve the problem. But there's there are these interventions that are available to us to save ourselves. Mm -hmm. And uh, that's just like one example, like I'm, you know, off the top of my head, but like it, there's something that you could do for your school, for your workplace, for a company that you work for or own, for your city, for your county. You don't have to go, like to be a climate activist, you don't need to be like literally going into Congress. Mm -hmm. I think that people think you need to be like in the streets, mm -hmm. in them streets with <laughs> yeah. a sign. Yeah and you have to be like just rage all the time and you have mm -hmm. to be pulling up to like you know your elected officials office and being like we and it's just there's so many other smaller more manageable things that you could do mm -hmm. a couple hours a week you know get a group together find out like what your community needs whether mm -hmm. it's a social justice thing homelessness etc like you know there there are in it like cities are starting to fund ish initiatives to get everybody housed mm -hmm. My friend Laurel works full-time in Marin. Her full-time job is getting people housed. Mm, that's and cool. that funding doesn't just, you know, appear out of nowhere for her yep. to have that job and for those programs you supported. It's a community effort at mm -hmm. some on some level. Somebody was like, you know what? 
this is bullshit. Mm-hmm. I don't know why we have we're in one of the richest counties in the United States, and we have people who don't ha- who are unhoused, mm-hmm. and they're literally helping people get housed. <laughs> so you know what I mean? Like you, there's something that we can do for our communities. You just yep. have to start somewhere. Yep. Start with the small things. Like we, I uh, could not agree more. And I I feel like, in my personal opinion, I'm like we need less Greta Thunbergs and we need more people doing small actions that are contributing to the betterment of the and world when you know think small actions they they do have a tendency to think plastic free soap mm-hmm. when it's like how okay i love i love yeah. it i love the <laughs> thought maybe a little misguided how mm-hmm. can we turn my small action is plastic free soap into okay w- four hours a month i'm going to commit to four hours a month of volunteering for a cause i care about mm-hmm. that's you can do it yep. one hour a week or you do one session once a month you know what I mean? Start an organization, join something that already exists. Put your time, put your brain on, like into it. Yeah. And speaking of that too, how can people get involved with your nonprofit organization or how can they support yours? Because I think it's great what you're doing. Thank you. <laughs> of course. Um, so we are expanding um, educational programs and we're also trying to help young people win campaigns so if you are looking to you know get your school a compost program or a garden or something fun like this we are trying to help you like get the resources and the training and the mentorship that you need to win that and also to you know um, demand better and more environment education in your school so we're working on universities is easiest for us because I started the program as a, at a university, and it's like easily translatable. We are also developing K through twelve programs right now, mm, and I have a really yeah. incredible team that is working so hard. They constantly are like, "I'm behind." They mm-hmm. are they're moving so fast, and I'm like, "Oh, I gotta pick up my pace. I gotta get all <laughs> um, And yeah, so I am so excited that we are expanding. We're identifying like pilot universities and high schools to be working to be operating programs in in the fall. Mm-hmm. On our website, if you're if you're like everything you're saying, sign me up. On our website, there's a get involved form if you're interested in like bringing some sort of program or having us yeah working with us in some way campaign um, to your school. You can fill that out, or you could email us, which is also on our website, if you want to actually join the volunteer team. Oh, cool. Yeah, we're still excited. We have high schoolers, we have college students, we have people who are grown in the workforce. Like I said, pretty much everyone's under 25. We have a couple mm-hmm. of wonderful millennials who I love. Um, but it is like a youth-led thing, which That's I so think great. is very special. I do, too. And, but I also appreciate the inter- intergenerational collaboration. Yeah, of course. But you can't deny the passion and rage of yes. Gen Z yeah. and the power that they have. You and know. the memes. We're yeah, <laughs> exactly. <laughs> We're trying to make it funny. We are trying to make it like fun and, and stress-free. I love um, it. Also, what's your domain? Like, what's your website for everyone who's listening? Sustainableindustryfuture.org. Also, if you're listening and you have some money, you run out of the money. <laughs> <laughs> yes, I, yes. I mean, we're, we're operating on a volunteer basis right now, but um, I would love to be able to, like, pay everyone an hourly wage. That's mm-hmm. very important to me. You know, I want this to be an equitable. I'm not trying to exploit people for their labor. So as of soon course, as we yeah. can be fully funded, I'd love to be able to offer everyone an hourly wage. And, um, yeah, we have a couple of funding opportunities oh okay um, but saucy. can always use more yeah, so everyone like, please go they're pending they're like <laughs> september so it's oh, like, okay mm-hmm. okay 
Well, everyone, please go to the website. Check it out. Check out the work that you do. I think it's so awesome. I love that it's focused on Gen Z and it's really giving resources to like university students and soon K through 12 students as well to be you able to make that type of action. You should not have to go to college to get an environmental education. Period. That is your birthright and you, you should be able to get it anywhere. I love that because I'm a college dropout. So <laughs> <laughs> I resonate with what you're Ooh. saying. You don't need, I know edgy. What can I say? Ooh. <laughs> I know a little bit different than Berkeley. But <laughs> paid up. Paid up though. <laughs> Got some like burns in here. Oh yeah. I know. <laughs> well, thank you. I mean, like. where can people follow you on social media to see the awesome ass content and yesification of sustainability <laughs> content that you make? <laughs> I think I'm, now I'm in the tall order. Like I really I'm gonna have to figure out how to yes. <laughs> um, I'm on social media as Sage Lanier, Lanier, L-E-N-I-E-R. Perfect. Please, everyone, go check her out. She makes awesome content, and I love the type of conversations that you're having. You're inspiring. Thank you so much for coming on. That time flew. I know by that was so, so fast. fast. Oh my gosh! And when you said you could talk about this for ten hours, I'm like, yeah. Do you want to like have that ten hour conversation? Because <laughs> I'm so down. <laughs> but seriously, Happy hour, Moku Kitchen. <laughs> I mean, thank you so much for coming on seriously. And um, thank you to everyone who like listened to this. I hope if you guys are able to take anything away, it's just small actionable items do matter. You can make a difference and go support her nonprofit organization, (laughs) of course. But thank you again. I appreciate it. And everyone as well, if you haven't already, make sure you subscribe to the YouTube channel so you can hear more podcasts like this. This has been a presentation of Cadence 13 on Odyssey Studio. New episodes wherever you get your podcasts. And we'll see you guys in the next episode. Love you all. Mwah.